Thanks for tuning in to the Bethany Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message helps you grow in your faith with Christ. If you'd like to find out more about what's going on at Bethany or GIFT, you can visit us online at bethanysite.com or download our mobile app. Well, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. My name's Josh, if we haven't met before. And here's what I want to start with. Like, regardless of your age or your marital status or really any of those things, I can almost guarantee you that you've dealt with some sort of challenges this year. Something that, that's been difficult for you, something you've had to work with, something that's taken a lot of time for you to think about. We often call these the things that like, they keep us up at night because we're spending so much time processing and wondering and worrying. And there could be so many different things. It could be a relationship. It could be a work situation. Maybe it's a conflict. Maybe it's someone else's behavior. Maybe it's pain of a lost one, a lost loved one, or, or something. Something that you sit there and you lay awake at night worrying about. And if you think through those, I just want you to take a moment and maybe think about one or two of those things you've experienced over the last year. What we often recognize is that most of those things, not all of them, but most of them are things that we have like very little, if not no control over. Things that we can't actually control. In fact, one of the things that's so common for us, I think, is to do this practice where we'll actually like practice an argument or a conversation that we're about to have with someone. We've all done this. Uh, if you're watching maybe at home or you're riding in the car, why don't you give me a nod if you've ever done that before? And here's what it looks like. You're sitting there. I think, okay, I've got this, this conversation that I've got to have. And I know exactly what I'm going to say. Like, I've got the perfect opening line. This is what's going to get us into the conversation. Maybe it's a conflict with a coworker. Okay, I'm going to say this. And then in your mind, you start to build out that conversation. Well, they're going to respond with this. But then I've got this next thought. And then you get this line in your head. It's like the perfect response. It's like the mic drop moment where you're like, okay, here's what I'm going to say. And this is really going to just be like the end of the conversation. I'm going to drop the mic with this. And like deep down, what we want to happen is we want there to be this like um, moment where they're like, oh my gosh. You're so right. Like, why have I never thought about that? You're so smart. I should have listened to you sooner. Like, we've all gone through these conversations in our head to try to think of, okay, how can we control these situations? So I want you to take a moment. If you're with someone you know, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's your spouse, I want you to look at them and I want you to tell them, I've done that before. Now, it's very likely, if you're with your spouse, that that's actually something you've done based around a conversation you're having with your spouse. Like you practice all of these things. We have so much stuff in our lives that takes up so much of our energy and our thoughts and our concerns. And I just want to start by recognizing how often that happens with things that we have no control over. And I want to give you a few because I think this will help you just to, to maybe have a, a breath where you, you relax and start to go, okay, there's so many things in my life I'm worried about that I can't control. Let me give you a few. Maybe it's the, a pain or a loss that you've experienced this year that you have no control over. Or, or maybe it's, it's the behavior of someone else. Like you might need to hear today that you can't control other people, even if you're a parent and you're thinking about your kids. Like ultimately, you can influence them. You can point them in the right direction. You can do everything in your effort to, to help them be set on the right path, but you can't control them. In fact, my father-in-law always says, you can only tell them what you can tell them and you can't tell them anymore. 
There are so many things we face, but what we know we can control is how we respond to those things. And so I want to look at what the scripture says about this. I want to give us a chance as we start in this next year to think about what does it look like for me to actually focus on the things that I do have control over. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to be in verse 27 and 28. Uh, You can also download the Bethany app and you can follow along there. Um, But I'd love for you, if you have a physical Bible, especially if you're listening or watching from home, to actually look at that Bible as we read through the scripture. And let me give you some context in the scripture that we're looking at. This is written by a man named Paul. He wrote a lot of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he writes letters to churches. Most of them, if we're honest, are like corrective. You know, the book of Galatians is like, hey, here's the stuff that you guys need to get figured out. Here's what you need to correct. But the book book of Philippians is a little bit different because so much of it centers around this idea of encouragement. Paul's actually writing from prison and he says he might be facing death, but he writes this book of encouragement to the church of Philippi. And so I want to read for you Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, the beginning of verse 28. Paul writes this, whatever happens, Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. And I want to walk through the scripture And just look at this as a way, a means by which we can start to filter the things we can't control. But here's here's what I want to say before we do that. There might be something really heavy that you're dealing with right now. And and I don't want to minimize that. I don't want to say those aren't things we should take to the Lord. Those aren't things we should pray about. In fact, at the very end, I'm going to give you a tool in how we can actually uh, effectively like pray about those things that we really can't control. But now let's look at this scripture And first, I want you to see, number one, if you're taking notes, is our circumstances. Paul starts verse 27 and says, whatever happens. Like this is, uh, as we walk through this day, this is like getting pushed into the deep end of the pool. Like whatever happens in spite of everything that comes at us. And here's what we know. Again, regardless of where you are, even where you are in your spiritual journey, there are a lot of things that have happened to you. There are a lot of whatevers that have probably happened to you over the course of this last year. And the reality is we know the broken world that we are a part of. We know that there are more and more things that you're going to continue to face, more and more challenges that you're going to be experiencing. But Paul says, whatever happens, it's almost this idea straight from the beginning that like, that the things that happen around us become independent of our behavior, our response to those things, especially if you've made the decision to follow Jesus. And look, I don't know, you know, wherever you're watching or listening to this, I don't know where you are on your spiritual journey. But if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, what we're challenged to, especially in this scripture, is for those two things to, to live in independence, that no matter whatever happens, that we would then conduct ourselves in a certain way. In fact, oftentimes what we'll do is we'll look at the original language that this was written in, and we'll dig deeper into the words that were used. And so I want you to see and understand a little bit better this Greek word that's for the phrase, whatever happens. This Greek word is, is more directly translated to the one word, only. And so let me show you what that looks like. This is the, the New International Version. I want to read from you from the English Standard Version, which says this, only let your manner of life 
be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And and I like this translation because here's what it does. It, It takes this idea of whatever happens, all the stuff that's being thrown at us, and it focuses our attention. It focuses, like only conduct yourselves. Here's what we set as our trajectory. Here's what we focus on regardless of everything that comes in around us. So first we have our circumstances. Now I want to look at second, if you're taking notes, our response. It says, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Now that word gospel we use all the time. That word simply means the good news. And here's what it means that's foundational to who we are as a church. It's the life of Jesus, God's son here on earth, his death and his resurrection after his crucifixion. And what it really centers around this idea of the gospel is our necessity for it. This reality that we are broken, that we are imperfect people, every one of us, the scripture tells us, and there's nothing we can do in our own power to restore that right relationship of God because of this thing called sin. So God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, that Jesus walked on this earth fully man and fully God. And after his death by crucifixion, he was resurrected three days later and created now this access point by which we can have an eternal relationship with God. But but here's what I want you to catch. It's not simply about this idea of of like eternity. It's also about what happens. The Bible says if we make the decision to follow Jesus, then we are a new creation in him. It centers around this idea of transformation. In fact, how we live, this idea of conducting ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel would only be possible because of the transformation of Christ in our lives. And so oftentimes we'll talk about what it looks like for us to be spiritually mature, as we try to conduct ourselves in this certain way. And, and when we talk about it, it's this recognition that spiritual maturity is, is more than just head knowledge. It's also a heart change. One of the best examples for what it looks like for us to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel is what's called the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5. It says this, but the fruit of the spirit, I want you to hear these descriptors, is love, joy, peace, forbearance or or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That that's what it would look like. If you're reading this scripture and you're listening or you're watching, okay, what does this actually look like for me to conduct myself in this certain way, to live in a manner worthy of the gospel? It centers around these attributes. Paul later in in Philippians talks about this this idea of imitating who Christ was, his humility, his self-sacrifice, that that regardless of our circumstances, the first thing we looked at, we see our response, which is independent of that. Number two and third, I want you to, to write down if you're taking notes, our result. It goes on to say, then whether I come and see you, Paul's talking, or only hear about you in my absence. He's saying, whether I come and visit or only hear about you, like there's gonna be a test on this. He says, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. He says like, look, if you are conducting yourself in this manner, If you are living in a manner worthy of gospel, that's like the first domino. And that reveals to him then that we will live in unity, 
because that's what it calls us to. If this one thing is happening, he knows then he's bound to see the other things within the church. Over the course of of the last several years, you've probably heard more and more about about big concerts and big concert venues and all of the different things that that take place. And really the, the shows have gotten more and more elaborate. One of the things we often hear about is like the complex requests that different bands or artists make to have in their green room. And there's an, an infamous one that's from Van Halen. And, and it's interesting because everyone's probably heard this or maybe you haven't, but they had the specific request that there be no brown M&Ms in the green room, which is the back room that the band would hang out with. And they took a lot of flack for those. People have talked about it for years and years. But if you know the details behind that story, it's actually much more fascinating as to why. You see, Van Halen at the time, I think, was touring with, with around, let's say, 17 semi-trucks when they went to a venue. And at that time, they were one of the most complex shows. They had more pyrotechnics, more lighting, more energy, more staging than most other bands. They were going into venues that were normally doing shows with like two or three semi-trucks. And so their contract, their rider, which specified what they needed to have, was pages and pages. And there's this section, and it's been debated on where exactly it fell. Some people say it was kind of hidden in the middle. Other people say it was in a standard spot, but where it said there'd be no brown M&Ms in the green room. What that did for them is they could walk in and they could immediately look and see the bowl of M&Ms. It was supposed to be there on the table where the band was. And if they saw brown M&Ms, then they knew immediately that the person hadn't fully read their rider. The person hadn't fully read the contract. They hadn't read all of the safety requirements. They hadn't read all of the power requirements. It it signaled a ton of different changes in a full safety inspection. It could even result in them not being able to do the concert because of unsafe conditions. It was this one little thing that they've talked about now many times that they put in the contract where if someone from the production team walked in and looked at the table and saw the bowl with no brown M&Ms, they immediately knew that someone had taken their contract seriously. It's this little indicator of something much bigger that's happening. As we look at the words of Paul here, he's saying, I know that if you conduct yourself, if you do this thing, that it is revealing so many other things that are going to happen. In fact, he goes on and says, not only will I have unity, but you'll have unity without being frightened. That is the other result of recognizing and conducting in ourselves, ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. All of the benefits of living our lives this way. And so here's what I want you to catch. As you think about all of the different thoughts racing through your mind, the things that, that keep you up at night, one of the questions we ask is like, how do I live my life in response to that? I want you to think about this over the next couple of weeks and recognize that our circumstances don't determine our behavior, our relationship with Christ does. The, the whatevers that happen to us, all of the things that are thrown at us don't actually determine our behavior. It should be our relationship with Christ. It should be the gospel that actually informs how we live. That we would live a way that the fruit of the spirit was visible regardless of what it was that we were facing. Maybe you're facing a situation right now and you're like, man, I, there's so much that I'm being weighed down by. There's so much that I'm experiencing, so many situations that I can't control. We're saying, but what can I do? We can control how we respond. We can control our conduct. How do I conduct myself 
in a manner worthy of the gospel in spite of everything that continues to happen to me. And that would be a challenge. As we look at starting this year, how do I start in a strong direction? It's recognizing all this other stuff is going to happen. We're going to face difficult situations. We're going to walk through trials. And in the midst of those, going, how do I continue to live in a manner worthy of the gospel? How do I live out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, these attributes that we're called to. So I challenge you to think about that, especially as you think about these current situations that you might be going through. But I also want to give you a tool. Like I said at the beginning, I don't want to minimize some of the stuff that you might be in the midst of right now. In fact, later in, in Philippians, Paul says this in Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. Paul says when you face these things in every situation in every one of these situations we want to present those things to God in prayer and petition with thanksgiving for what he's doing in our lives and so I'd encourage you those things we get stuck in this cycle where we still continue to think about those things even if you ask yourself okay I'm worried about myself and controlling my own behavior, but I still can't stop thinking about all of these challenges. It'd be that we present those to God. In fact, uh, a few years ago, I, I started this, this kind of physical expression of that. I, I realized there was things that I was praying about over and over again, things that were keeping me up at night. And I kept praying, God, would you take this from me? Would you take this from me? And so I started this practice where I actually take my hands as I'm thinking about the situation, I try to visualize it like physically in my hands and visualize myself as I'm praying, handing that to God. God, would you take this situation? I can't control this, God, but you can. And I've got to be honest, there's things I have physically handed off in my prayer to God dozens and dozens of time, times. But I wanted to give you that tool because I want you to actually practice that today. So, so if you're in a spot where you're comfortable doing this, I want you to think about what you might be facing right now. And I want you to actually put your hands out and I want you to visualize this idea of handing this, uh, this to God. And I wanna just close in praying that God would release us of those things. If you'll put your hands out, place them in front of you, will you pray with me? God, wherever people are listening to this, wherever they're watching this, I pray that we're, we're called and challenged to live a life in a manner worthy of your gospel. But right now I know there's so many people watching and listening that are holding in their hands pain. They're holding in their hands anxiety, stress, brokenness that, that they're trying not to worry about. They're trying not to focus on. They're, they're praying about over and over again. And God, right now, wherever people are listening to this or watching this, we hand those things to you. God, we offer these situations. We recognize that we have no control over them, but that you do, Father. We give you these situations. We give you this coming year. Would you protect us and give us peace in all of the challenges that we face? We pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.